Welcome to the podcast of Trinity Episcopal Church in Vero Beach, Florida. We are glad to have you join us. Our hope is that this sermon will instill you with a profound sense of God's love and that you might receive and reflect His glory to your community. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. We are, uh, as you know, uh, in the middle of our sermon series called The Difficult Sayings of Jesus. And we've tackled a few whoppers the past few weeks. We talked about divorce two weeks ago. Um, Last week we talked about money. And I've been doing a little thinking about this, and I hope it's been made obvious to, to you, that what makes something hard or difficult really isn't about the subject matter, per se. It's about the subject matter relative to our culture. Right? So, for example, when Jesus talks about forgiveness and egalitarianism between men and women and things like that, oh, we like that, Jesus. But when he talks about, uh, you know, hell and uh, all these different things, divorce and money and sin and all these things, we kind of cringe. And the reason we cringe is not because of the topic per se, but because of the topic relative to our culture, you see? In other words, Jesus' stuff becomes problematic when Jesus raises something which is countercultural. And it's nothing new. <laughs> it's always been that way. Jesus has always thrown us zingers that are uh, because the culture of the church and the culture in which we live are two different things. And so I want to talk about that today, this cultural idea, but with a different question, which is this. Ready? What is the point? What was Jesus' mission in the first place? Let me ask you this. Say you went to Publix today to get some subs, to get ready for the Eagles game, and you ask the checker in line, hey, uh, why do you think Jesus came to earth? What do you think they'd say? They'd say, oh, to be a moral teacher, to be a, a nice guy, to be whatever. They'd say all different things. But what does he say? Well, I'm going to look at this today with two questions of Jesus' mission, two points today. Uh, What is a ransom, and why do we need it? What is a ransom, and why do we need it? You ready? So, let me just paint the picture for you. If you're wondering why James and John are asking Jesus to give him whatever they ask for, you got to know the context, and the context is this, that they are the entourage, Jesus' entourage is moving towards Jerusalem. And they all believe that Jesus is the Jewish Messiah, right? And he's going to Jerusalem to do, in their minds, two things. To get rid of the Romans and to reestablish the Jewish monarchy. And the reason that they're going to Jerusalem is pretty obvious, because the king's palace, which houses the monarch, is in Jerusalem. And so they're on their way, and James and John, who are politically astute and think they know where this is going, they say, hey, Jesus, uh, I got a question for you. All right. He says, "Um, you know, once we're in place, once the election's over and the House and the Senate have been decided, for example, (laughs) Jesus, can I be your vice president and I'll be the Speaker of the House? I'm just giving you an example, parallel. In other words, James and John are asking an obvious question, which is, once Jesus has put himself in place as the Messiah, their culture says to them, he's going to need advisors, and they're offering their 
help. But here's the problem. (laughs) James and John and everybody kind of misses the whole point. Because then, like now, our culture, listen, our cultural assumptions, listen closely, our cultural assumptions blind us to Jesus' true mission. Let me give you an example. He said, Jesus tells us, he says what his mission is. Ready, boys? Here it is. He says, guys, for the Son of Man, which is him, came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. In other words, guys, you've got this all wrong, man. I'm not going to Jerusalem to be a king on a throne. I'm going to Jerusalem to be a king on a cross. I'm going to Jerusalem to save God's people, not by ruling them, but by dying for them. Jesus' ministry on earth, listen, his ministry on earth isn't to bring peace and joy and bunnies and fairy tales. Jesus loves the little children, yeah, yes, but that's not his mission. His mission, at least according to Jesus, is to offer his life for you and for me. He says, I am going, my mission is to go to Jerusalem and offer my life as a ransom for many. Point one, what does that mean? (laughs) What is a ransom? Well, if you, for me anyway, if I think of a ransom, I think of a payment of somebody who's been kidnapped, right? Somebody gets kidnapped, and to get the person back, you have to be ransomed, pay pay the price, which always reminds me of a book my mom bought me when I was a kid called The Ransom of Red Chief. Anybody ever read it? By O. Henry, it's his nom de plume. Red Chief is a seven-year-old boy who's a little uh, ornery. And, <laughs> and uh, Red Chief, this boy, calls himself Red Chief, dresses like an Indian, and he gets kidnapped by these two uh, sort of buffoonish kidnappers. And they send a ransom letter to the parents. Give us $10,000 if you want the boy back. And they say, you could keep him. <laughs> what? No, 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 we don't want him back. You took him, you keep him, fair and square. So it turns out the whole point of the book is Red Chief, the boy, is a terror to these kidnappers, and they wind up having to pay the parents to take him back. It's a short story. It's clever. It's funny. Anyway, I'll leave it to your imagination and why my mother bought that book for me, but that's another matter. <laughs> that's not the ransom, though, that, Paul, that Jesus is talking about. It's a little different. It's a little nuanced. Let me, let me show you. Um, The Greek word for ransom there is the Greek word lutron. It's a very important word. And it means lutron is the price paid to free a person from slavery. A lutron is the price paid, the ransom, is the price paid to win someone's freedom, to release them from bondage. In other words, what Jesus is saying is that he came to pay the price with his life to free those who are held in slavery. That's what this ransom is, friends. It is the price paid to set you and me free. Point two, why do we need it? (laughs) Free from what? Well, let me ask you a rhetorical question. I'm willing to bet every person in this room wants to do the right thing. Is that fair? I mean, I don't mean just in ethics and morals. I do mean that, but I don't mean just that. 
I mean, I think everybody in this room wants to do the right thing. We want to be successful. We want to be a person of, a, of competence and achievement. We want to raise good kids, right? We want to have a healthy marriage. We want to have people that admire us for what we do. We want to be productive. We want to have, we've got dreams. We want to do the right thing. We don't always do the right thing, but we do want to do the right thing. In fact, just last night, Kathy and I went to uh, Katie's homecoming dance. We didn't go to the dance. We actually went to a dinner for all the senior parents while the kids were having, uh, having their thing, and it was great. We're talking to all of our friends we've known for years about where their kids are going to college next year. And the point being that all, everybody wants the best, right? We always want to be successful. We want, we want people to admire us, to hold us in esteem. We want to be people of competence. It's a universal human need. We all want to be, bluntly, loved. But there's a problem. Because even the best of us, even you, God knows me, fall short. You know, Gracie, whenever she would get caught doing something wrong, she'd say, you know, Dad, everybody makes mistakes. <laughs> and she's actually right. She's right. And we call those mistakes, those those uh, things we fail to do or that we do that we, shouldn't, that we shouldn't have done, we call that sin. And the word sin, it sounds so like hairy and frightening. It's actually a word that comes from archery in the New Testament in the Greek times. And the word sin is the Greek word hamartia. And it means to shoot an arrow, right? And miss the target. That's all it means. To shoot and miss. You ever shoot and miss? Yes. Think about your own life. Do you ever notice, maybe this is just me, but do you ever notice you, you, you kind of do the same things over and over again you shouldn't do? And the things you should do, you over and over don't do? Is that just me or is that kind of, okay. But see, it's not, just, it's not just your heart that misses the mark, that shoots and misses the target. You've all got families. Look around, man, Right? You got friends, you got families, you got the guy that you play golf with, or your, co- your co-workers, or your neighbors, or turn on the news, right? You cannot, you cannot tell me with a straight face that I'm okay and you're okay. Because you know what? You ain't okay and neither am I. Created by God? Yes. Created in his image, which is astounding. Yep. Loved by God? Yes, according to Jesus. But we're not okay, and you're not okay, and neither am I. We're sinners. We shoot, and we miss. Let me give you an example to unpack this a little bit. When I was about six years old, this may tell you why my mother bought me that book in the first place, but uh, when I was about six years old, my brother Greg and I uh, went to the uh, general store down the street from his house in Poquag, New York. Anybody from Poquag? Anyway. Um, we went to his, his father wanted a, a newspaper, so they gave us a quarter or whatever it was, to go down to the store, which is a block or two away, and buy a paper. So we did. We went and got the newspaper, went up to the counter to pay for it, and as we're standing there getting ready to pay for this newspaper, I noticed that the front of the counter was covered in the most glorious, scintillating, enticing display of penny candy. Bubble gum and lollipops and cowtails. You ever have cowtails? They're little. It was a cornucopia of everything beautiful and holy to a six year old boy. 
So I stood there, and I stole some. I took it, grabbed a piece of bubble gum, put it in my pocket, out we went. And on my way home, I said to Greg, hey, did you see this? I showed him what I had, and I'm feeling pretty, pretty good about myself. I got a, you know, pulled one over on the man kind of thing, and I'm feeling pretty confident and cocky, and I said, you know, pop that gum in my mouth. And I walked home, which was my second mistake, because I walked in the door, I walked in and my mom said, where'd you get the gum? And I said, what gum, mom? <laughs> and she said, let's go. So she knew, moms always know, right? Took me back, she marches me back down to the general store. She made me apologize. She gave me a nickel or whatever it was. I, the money that I owed, I paid it back. I was busted. I said I was sorry. I paid it back. Listen, I made restitution for my sin. Problem solved, right? Everything's all better, right? Is it? No. There's something else there, isn't there? See, here's the point I'm trying to make, why you and I need a ransom. Justice demands that sins be made right. I'm going to repeat that. Justice demands that sins must be made right, that debts must be paid. We all know this, right? Somebody commits a crime, they go to prison, you steal money, you give the money back. In that sense, justice is transactional, but it's also relational between you and you and you and God. We all know this. We, say, we make restitution for our mistakes. We say we're sorry. We buy our wife flowers at Publix on the way home when we've made a mistake. But it ain't all over, is it? There's still something hanging out there. There's more to it. When I stole that gum from that general store, when I put that money back, or my mom put the money back, frankly, it still wasn't right. Justice demands. Justice demands something more. Something more than I can do, right? A debt must be paid. Friends, what Jesus says today is that his death on the cross is that very thing. His death on the cross is that ransom, that payment. His death on the cross, his righteousness covers that mark, that stain that all sin brings. His ransom, his death in my place pays my fine. His death in your place punches your ticket, literally frees us from it. He says this. Think of it like this. All human sin, all human sin paid for, not just little things like stealing gum, which is actually a pretty big thing because it shows my heart. But great big atrocities. Pol Pot, Stalin, Mussolini, Hitler, financial breakdown, jihad, trafficking. Jesus' death on the cross, friends, somehow pays the price for that sin. God's ingenious solution to justice is that he pays it himself. He pays that justice for all those who turn to him and accept that gift. You know, God, God is a God of justice and mercy. I'll get to that another day. But there are two sides of the same coin. Because I want you to consider something important. Imagine a God, imagine a God that didn't punish sin. Imagine a God who didn't take offense at human suffering. Imagine a God who saw the abuse of his people and said, hey, phew, tough beans for you, kid. 
Imagine a God who didn't demand justice. Would that God even be worth loving? Would that God even be good? No. And we all know this. When we are wronged, someone has to pay for it. We know it. Someone has to be held responsible. Someone's got to pay the debt. You know, somebody once said to me something interesting. It's a little bit of a segue, but not really. Somebody once said to me, you know, you will never see a Buddhist hospital. You ever see a Buddhist hospital? You never will. Know why? Because for Buddhism, which sounds spiritual, was actually terrified. Because what Buddhism says is that suffering is an illusion. Suffering is a mystery and an illusion. You don't address suffering. You transcend it. Tell a person whose kid has been shot by drug dealers, they should just transcend their suffering. Tell a guy who gets his car run into at Publix last Friday at 3.30 in the afternoon with no note left on the car that I should just transcend it. Come on. Really? Christianity takes evil head on. Christianity takes the data we have and says no. The God of the Bible solves the problem of justice, friends, by paying for it himself. The ransom is made by Jesus' offering himself in your place to free you and I from sin, to pay your debt, that we can be forgiven and literally set free. And this has got two sides to it. On the one hand, the obvious one, you can let go of old faults. You can let go of the guilt that so many of us carry. The things that we've done that we know we can't undo. Let it go, man. Let Jesus take that from you. Let, be free from that guilt. But what about the people that have wronged you? What about the people that have wronged you and have never paid for it? Jesus paid that debt too. You know, the two things people wrestle with the most, in my opinion, if you really dig down under the surface, two things, guilt and anger. Both the result of sin. Guilt is our own sin that we, are, that we cannot receive forgiveness for, that we carry. Anger is sin committed against us that we carry, friends. Jesus dies on the cross to pay that ransom and to free you from it. Jesus' mission, friends, is to set you and I free. Free from the guilt of what you've done. Free from the anger against those who have wronged you. All you got to do, all you got to do, all we are called to do is to accept that gift, to accept that payment, to accept that ransom and be set free. Shall we pray? Father, we acknowledge our own sins, our shortcomings, the things we've committed and the things committed against us. Lord, we bring them to you today to the foot of the cross where Jesus has paid to set us free. Freedom from guilt, freedom from hurt. Help us, Lord, to proclaim this countercultural good news of Jesus that God sets his people free. In his name we pray. Amen. Pray. Thank you for tuning in to our Trinity Episcopal Church podcast. To find out more about the work God is doing through Trinity, visit us online at trinitybureau.org and follow us on Facebook.